Los Angeles Times said, Cuties deserves a more thoughtful, intelligent audience than its own distributor seems to expect. <laughs> <laughs> Heat caution. This is the Flick Lab. Depiction does not equal endorsement. I'm Karri, a media assistant by title. He's Henrik, a jack of all trades, a master of arts, Henrik. How's your mastery of twerking, though? Isn't that supposed to be included in the curriculum? Absolute, absolutely hideous as it is, as it is in, in real life. Twerking is something I, I've tried it once. <laughs> and fucking nothing came out of it. it. It has to be the worst twerking ever done in the history of human race. And in twerking and seeing what type of shit twerking is, that says a lot. <sighs> this is an attempt to find out how fast a podcast host might self-immolate by talking about controversial French films. But we can be found on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, what what have you. Twerkter. Yeah, twerkter. And please... Do not leave us a rating if you're not going to listen to this episode. Or even after. Why did we watch this film now, Henrik? I... <laughs> I... I... Honest God, I, I don't know why we watched watch this one. I, I guess this is some kind of a... Like... I guess that you have some... Going on some kind of a hard-on for French cinema. Because you have been pushing French films to be covered in, in the podcast. Wait, wait, wait. Some time now. Well, we, we most definitely did watch the French New Wave. Oh, and, yes. Okay, okay. And, and wasn't, wasn't there like a couple of collaborations that we dealt with also? We have watched some African cinema. And if nothing else, there, 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 there was a the week-long debate on should we watch the new Les Miserables. So I, I'm guessing, to, to me, it, it, it sounds like you, you have some kind of a garlic patong fever going on on your end. And to nail the final nail on top of the, that, that coffin is also your partly self-destructive behavior that we have witnessed in the past episodes also, where you most definitely, was, for some really obscure reason, you want to tackle all these really controversial films just so that we can land in hot water. I'm, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that your go-to point is that that we will get more listeners exactly by tackling controversial talking points in the podcast. But as history has has proven to us, it never works, and the listener base just does not grow. Well, well, well. If you look at the YouTube statistics, some of the favorite ones are there: the uh, horses of God. That was a fluke. Pretty village, pretty flame. It was only because all, all the Serbs tune in for one time. Opening of Misty Beethoven. That was porn. That that was porn. <laughs> porn sells always. But but just remember that one time when we tried to have the whole debate about about Hellraiser, Clive Parker's horror, and is that is that gay fiction? 
I like that. And oh boy, did, did that blow into our faces. Yeah, well, just a couple of commenters on our Facebook pages. Entire listener base. <laughs> I thought that this would be a good day to self-immolate in this podcast. And the, the... <laughs> I, I, on my end, I had not seen the movie previously and I was completely unaware of the backlash and the discourse that was going on around today's movie before I I agreed to watch it. Yeah, I kind of love that. I was reading about this whole scandal that was going on around the webs and then I just had to see this. What, what is the big deal about cuties? And uh, so we've gone in different ways to approach this. But this is a very topical film. Or probably will not be topical anymore when we release this episode, as it usually seems to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely not, because whenever we have tried to kind of chase the date, chase the headline, so to say, we always manage to miss the mark. Like when, when we release a topical episode, the film has, for example, already left the theaters. Yeah, there was a, like a noticeable amount of... Netflix subscription cancelling in the United States when this whole episode started and then it was like about one week was it and then people had completely for forgotten about it well you, we, we can just you know put in, in putting the header of this episode the, the whole text how we don't endorse pedophilia but I, the, the tagline for this episode may be we watched it so you don't have to or oh my god I'm gonna feel sick mm. It should be quite clear that we are not endorsing pedophilia, even without writing it outright. This is a coming-of-age film written and directed by Meimuna Ducure. Worldwide rights belong to Netflix. The film was delayed due to COVID-19. First slated for April 1st, 2020 release, and finally released on 19th August 2020 by BAC Films. And this is Ducure's directorial debut. Uh, black French woman, her first feature film. She rose to consciousness with her short film, Mamans, which got about 60 accolades. I'm hearing it deals with similar themes as cuties. And already someone was criticizing that she's doing the same trope again with cuties. But ladies and gentlemen, that's how short films often work. They work as a testing ground for a full feature film. They do. And as, as far as I've understood Maman's, I haven't seen it myself, but what I was able to gather concerning the film is that the main plotline of Maman's is kind of one, one of the side plotlines plot of Cuties, where the story revolves around a family where the father now returns back to with his new wife and how the mother of that family has to accept the father and, and his new wife into the household. Okay. Yeah, the goal of the filmmakers here is to criticize the hypersexualization of pre-adolescent girls, which is in stark contrast of the controversy that we're going to get into. So, the conflict itself. There's been a mass hysteria against cuties, which was, for the big part, spearheaded by the conspiracy theory movement QAnon, or QAnon, in the US. And the film has become 
a center of this heavy politicized criticism, controversy and backlash. And, and some governmental organizations have also requested to remove the film from Netflix. And this backlash also shows in the INDB ratings. If you go see it now, it's about 2.7 out of 10 currently. Uh, also shows up in, in the user reviews in, in Rotten Tomatoes, where this has also been review bombed. That's right, yeah. There had been no this kind of controversy before this film premiered on Netflix. The controversy started with the international Netflix release of the of the film and the poster. So even 600,000 signatures were collected to change.org to remove the film from Netflix. Turkey never even got the film because they outright wanted it to removed from the Netflix library and they got their wish. Uh, director herself has received death threats and personal attacks. Director was not consulted on this poster, which brought up the whole debate about what's going on with this film. Netflix has apologized to the director about the poster. There was this hashtag, cancel Netflix, as you said. It did the rounds on Twitter, apparently. This is like the second film this year that is some kind of a controversy around Netflix. There's also this Polish film, 365 Days, which uh, is very, you know, erotic depiction of, <laughs> of a story. I haven't seen it myself yet. I wasn't really <laughs> encouraged by the reviews and I, it was the only film that I skipped from seeing in the theaters at that time when it was coming out. And to our listeners who might have missed, like me, the original controversy we are talking about here and has not seen the poster and now is, is thinking about what is this poster nonsense that we are talking about. Uh, the film has, in Netflix, the film has had two promotional pictures that, that show up when you scroll down the Netflix search bar. Uh, the first one the original one that was introduced in, in France to, to cinemas. It's a picture from the film. Four main girls in a row with shopping bags and throwing truffle or something like, like that into the air. And then there was the Netflix version, which was also a shot from the film, but this shot was from the dance presentation that the girls give in this big dance competition at the end of the film. And in here, in that picture, the girls are in hyper-sexualized dancing outfits, striking dancing poses like one is in, in one is doing twerking and other one is spreading her legs, stuff like that. And the controversy sparked with the dancing pose picture that Netflix used to promote the film. And this is the picture that, as, as you mentioned, Netflix apologized and then changed back into the original French marketing image, which is what you see if you go looking for cuties today. And rightfully so, that was a true misfire on Netflix's part, like complete lunacy that nobody was thinking about the consequences when they were putting up this very provocative poster. Then again, to, to play the devil's advocate, I, I do agree that that was a marketing blunder on Netflix's part. 
it, it's easy to see why people were taken back by by that picture and why the controversy was able to spark from that picture. Mm. Then again, the picture still does show you the main point of the film, mm -hmm. which is precisely the hypersexualization of the girls and precisely how unnatural and even sick that is. Uh, there's a the, the fall on the stock market keeps ongoing for Netflix. And as it, as it happens, as an owner of Netflix stocks myself, I'm particularly unimpressed by the outrage towards this film. So you, you have a financial incentive now, today, to defend this <laughs> film on the podcast. You're, you're not so much trying to have a discourse and trying to analyze a French film as, as you are trying to save your own bank account, you goddamn bastard. Yeah, well, admittedly, that kind of $80 is not going to kill my bank. But... <laughs> it, it, it's $80 worth of raped children, you pedo enabler. Uh, but the most likely, most of the people who criticize this film for pedophilia or whatnot have not seen, even seen the film and base everything on hearsay. And the poster. And this argument would be supported by when we have listened to some people who publicly talk about it. And it, it seems that some person thinks that this is a documentary film. So they have some of the people who are talking about it. They're speaking from the places of power and they don't seem to be knowing anything about the goddamn film. And with, with the notion that you raised about some people misconcepting this movie as a documentary film... Uh, perhaps something that you are referring here back to is a Finnish yeah. event organizer, a previous, if I remember correctly, CEO of, of Finnish Jazz Festival, Porin Jatsi. Yeah, thank you. Pori Jazz Festival, roughly translated into English, who, at least in Finland, is, is one of the, the tailheads who embarked the argument that Cuties is a documentary and it's completely despicable and should most definitely be banned. And something to remember here is perhaps a, a tiny level of self-preservation from this former CEO's part, or whatever his job title was. Because this is also a dude who originally was got, got himself fired from the Jazz organization after some age-old sentiments and statements he had made while working in some kind of a Christian youth group or something like that. So there, there is this whole history surrounding at least our Finnish fountainhead around the whole documentary argument. Uh, Netflix and the director, they have defended the film saying saying what it is, a social commentary against the sexualization of young children. And also, <laughs> like, I have to agree with Kalle Kinnunen here that the, that the French... France probably is completely lost, or pretty much lost, looking at this whole incident, and French people approach film a little bit differently, with more liberties, perhaps, when it comes to these topics. 
uh, the French Directors Guild criticized the backlash pertaining to the film heavily actually then called it a quote grave attack on freedom of creation and that it's being fueled by quote the most conservative of Americans and a huge part of the influence for the outrage without knowing particularly statistics I would argue is coming from the US and how the US approaches perhaps sexualization or presentation of children in film. The director said that the movie has certainly started a debate, though not the one that I intended, and it's my sincerest hope that this conversation doesn't become so difficult that it too gets caught up in today's cancel culture. End quote. Good luck with that. Kind of a lost hope for the director. Yeah, the, the screen engine slash ASI made a poll based on 96 US Netflix subscribers and 52 of them said that they only watched the film due to the controversy, 29% said it was the major reason, and after watching the film 72% said the controversy was overblown and 38% strongly agreeing with, with that statement. Still, on the overall, 48% uh, agreed the, the film shouldn't be on Netflix, interestingly. There is, once again, kind of a defensive stance that I found with these type of sentiments. sentiments. This is something that kind of a, uh, caught my eye when going through the user reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, where I started to notice this pattern that the very first extremely negative reviews, at least in my opinion, came precisely from the people who had not seen the movie. Then few days passed, this is enough time for the media and, and some talk persons to kind of hit back, to lay out the point that in the original outrage the movie has been misunderstood and its message is completely different. And from those, after those few days you see now another wave of negative reviews which to me read a hell of a lot like these are still negative reviews stemming from the original outcry and original path hurt received back when the outrage started. But now they are being reconstructed around the cinematic qualities of the film. So it's once again, it's, it's zero stars, should be cancelled, shouldn't be watched. I, I'm pissed that I ever even saw this film. But now it's just purely because of the acting and the camera work and direction. The, I, I found really good message behind the film, but unfortunately it didn't come through. Yeah, <clears throat> there is a huge split, as you said. In Rotten Tomatoes, currently it's, it's at 85% of recommendation from the so-called professional critics, and the audience score stands at 14%. That is something that I have not seen on Rotten Tomatoes ever. It happens every now and then. It, it's not super usual and typically it's the other way around. Audiences really mm. love something that the professional critics hate. But there, there, are, there are instances where the flip has happened also this, this way around. That there is something that the audiences really loathe but still is highly impressed by the film critics. Uh, considering the scale of the outrage and having 600k 
signatures on some petition on the internet to ban the film. And then you look at something like IMDb having only less than 20,000 votes for this film. That speaks, I think, volumes. Because uh, the, the people in the US, the IMDb is still kind of their, the, their place to go when they would rate anything. And considering indeed the scale of this outrage, 20,000 votes on IMDb is really nothing. So the film is inspired by the director's own experiences from Senegalese culture and watching a dancing show in Paris, uh, where, where she was quite shocked to see that in the audience you would have these this parents of the performers who would dress in a very traditional way and then on the stage there would be these more flashy, showy dancers, their children, doing something provocative in their performance. Yeah, France most definitely being not being the only country that deals with the problem. Kind of funny enough, also the source of the outrage, U.S. has similar types of issues in its kind of a kid presentation. Yeah. There are the much remarked children's beauty pageant competitions and yeah. also the children's talent shows yeah. that also have every now and then a hell of a lot similar type of acts that you see in, in cuties. Absolutely, there is a big culture still of, or there is a lot of beauty pageantry competitions in the US. And, uh, if the US would like to target their outrage on something, perhaps it should be targeted on their own TV shows and competitions. There is this Miss Teen USA, so, in other words, why not do something about the culture that the, the film is criticizing instead of shooting to food the people who are on, on your side? Like, France has actually already banned child beauty pageant competitions, while the US has not. Just saying. But that kind of drives home the whole, in my opinion at least, the whole backlash idea. Because... The outrage and backlash that we now see with cuties, it's really nothing new. The kind of longer you live paradox of, of life is that the more you the longer you live, the more and more you start just see these repeating cycles in, in life and in world. And and moral panics and moral outcries are just another cycle, really. Mm. It's it's like Nietzsche once wrote that time is a flat circle. And with cuties outrage, what we really are witnessing, this is not any kind of a social movement, in my opinion, or, or social awakening, really. It's just a latest entry into the long history of moral panic, where basically when you look at it mechanically, it's the exact same shit that we have already seen tens or hundreds of times, now there just been, some edges just have been filed off and the, some trappings have changed. Like, in its core, I, I see here the exact same pattern and kind of even the same goddamn arguments that I saw when, when violent films were being discussed. That they, in, in that debate also, the main concern was the harm happening to the kids. 
violent films turned children into psychopaths. Then it was tabled of RPGs, which were turning kids into Satan worshippers and psychopaths. And then it was the video games. Gosh darn video games, those most definitely, you know, were root of all evil and desensitized our kids to violence, turning them once again into violent psychopaths. And, well, fuck, live action role players. Like, like that lot really drew the, the short straw, globally speaking. I mean, even in Finland, the live action role players were in, in police watch lists for being, first for being Satan worshippers and then being terrorist training camps. So, essentially, it, to me, it reads like the same argument. We are protecting the same target group, the kids, once again from outside influence that will somehow tarnish them, taint them with something that will eventually ruin them. And in, in all of these outrages, I, I would say there, there exists this, this quote-unquote old guard, a group of more conservative pop culture consumers who have this notion of what is proper pop culture. That this is something like why in America where this outrage breaks out, broke out from, uh, child beauty pageant competitions and child talent shows are completely okay, but this horrible film most definitely is over-sexualizing the kids. There, there is a sentiment that there is a pop culture that is okay. Child beauty pageants and child talent shows, and then there is pop culture that is not okay. Cuties. And in, in this, this logic that plays out, or often this these outrages, the pop culture products that do not meet the restrictions and criteria that the quote-unquote old guard sets up, they are somehow wrong and they are some kind of a trap to lure in and harm those who are in a defenseless position. That's why it's quite often it's the kids. And, and because of this, those who consume this type of pop culture, therefore, has to somehow be sick or twisted or demented in, in their head. Like, to, to give you an, a, an example, uh, I, I mentioned the table of role-playing controversy and backlash that happened, happened worldwide and most definitely in U.S. During the height of the controversy, there was this Tom Hanks vehicle, Mazes and Monsters if I remember correctly, where Tom Hanks is playing tabletop RPG, which most definitely is not Dungeons and Dragons. And at the late stages of the movie, Hanks' character is so completely unable to distance between real world and the RPG that it, it, it becomes him impossible for him to actually say what is the difference. He constantly believes that he is living his Dungeons and Dragons campaign. And that leads into acts of violence from Hanks' part and goes to show you that Tom Hanks' character is sick. He needs mental health. Obviously, he has to be sick in order to play tabletop RPGs. Is essentially the film's kind of an argument. And that's kind of the same argument that you see now uh, surrounding cuties. The director, the Netflix, anyone who likes the film, 
is automatically labeled as pedophiles and pe pedo enablers. In other words, they, we, or they are all sick and twisted individuals. So you gotta have the, the, the same arguments going around once again for the fucking umpteenth time. This time, just the wording has changed a bit. And it's not video games, it's this one, one French movie. And I kind of also can see why it's precisely a French movie that now is in the heart of backlash. Because if you dwell really deep enough into the dark underbelly of, of online film criticism and online film discussions, you, you come in terms with groups and, and sites where, where the debate between film is really going strong and you kind of find repeating arguments from those debates. One of these, some of these arguments are that American pop culture is shallow and worthless and unintelligent. Mm. It's often referenced as cape shit, cape referencing to the superhero capes having the underlying argument that all that all the Americans are doing, all the American pop culture is just mindless superhero movie fodder, which is void of any artistic merit. And then you have the foreign films, which are labeled Kino, Kino giving them the resemblance that they are art. And then you have the counter arguments, usually from the American side, yeah, everybody criticizes our superhero films, but everybody watches them, so they automatically, that means that they are good, and also art, and also quite often you find the argument that where, where the criticism towards American pop culture really stems from, is from the foreigners' envy towards Americans and US itself. Foreigners here being everything and every other country except America. So in here in this debate, also, for example, Finland, we are foreigners and foreign. And that's something that quite often is, is remarked when trying to justify where this, this critical attitude towards American pop culture would, would stem from. And with this in mind, it's to me, it's quite also telling that now that we have the bad pedophile movie going on and everybody should cancel Netflix, all of a sudden it's it's precisely it's it's a French movie, aka a foreign movie, which also leans into the American critics and moviegoers, the kind of a blunt weapon to hit the foreign film. Now you can remark the the argument that the much hyped French and foreign movies, they are nothing more than just, you know, pedophile traps in disguise. But go, go watch those French films if you want to see over-sexualized children while our American media is pure. Yeah, there are definitely double standards to be seen here. And when you start to get to this globalized environment of something like Netflix, which is more and more getting into its library films from all around the world, this kind of a globalization of cinema, it's inevitable that there will be some clashes 
from cultures and how people view entertainment but like yeah you look at something that is shown in the the u.s films there's a lot of violence in in the films coming from the u.s but again as we know as we have discussed in this podcast many times sex is something more of a taboo so it gets a little bit fuzzy how to in some corners how to even approach this whole phenomena because there are different sensibilities sensitivities to what you should see on the screen for example the ceo of the bac films david grumbach he made some comparisons to other hollywood films he said quote think about jodie foster who is who was 12 when she played a prostitute in taxi driver or the movie little miss sunshine or the countless other movies that sh- that would have been boycotted if we caved to this kind of conservatism we wouldn't be able to make movies about abortion violence etc because to denounce something you need to show it end quote so it's not necessarily even the, the first time that the u.s audience would lay their eyes upon something like this no and i would already dare to say it most definitely won't be the last time yeah there are so many arguments that you could start to break into there is one argument that just plainly states that this is pedophilia well fundamentally this film is not about promulgating any kind of pedophilia obviously i would say it's pretty obvious that french senegalese black director would well anyone with their sane head would not want to encourage pedophilia on the big screen Well, if someone sees pedophilia in this movie, I think that might reveal something more about the, the viewer's possible sexual preferences than anything else. It takes one to know one. Seriously. Well, Because concurrently, I can see why it feels wrong to see little girls twerking here. But the kind of the entire ethos of the film, it's to visualize the struggles of young girls growing up surrounded by adult culture. And it's And it's refle- reflecting back and influencing the lives of younger girls. So what would be kind of the better way to 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 show and make it clear, if not provocative camera angles? To, once again, to try to understand also the other side of the bad-mouthing and going on rant about, about U.S. and the backlash. And you're gonna love this one, because... In here, I I have to merit you a point when it comes to the whole feelings thing, which I've tried to defend <laughs> on our podcasts uh, for for numerous <laughs> times. In in here, I I must confess <laughs> and and say that feelings can get at times a bit over out of hand, and that might be something that explains also the the reaction towards cuties on some people's part. Because even though, as you stated, the film is, in its core, it's really critical and strongly against sexualization of children. I would even say it's against the sexualization of women altogether. Mm-hmm. About that later on in the in, in our episode. But the way how the film shows that sexualization Like mentioned, it's very in your face. It's very provocative. 
there are a lot of strong camera angles about these kids leering over the camera in, in a sexual fashion. And quite understandably, that that's really uncomfortable to watch. Like I too was squirming in my inside my skin when I saw those those images. Mm. I do maintain that those are really necessarily ne necessary in this film's context, but the first emotional reaction that you have from those images is that of disgust and that of like what the fuck am I seeing? Jesus Christ. Oh my god, this is like jailbait the movie. It's it's offensive and it even hurts your eyes. And if you have that first emotional reaction and then you are unable to reel back from that that first reaction to kind of take a distance from your own emotions and what you just saw and think it through in your through inside your head once again. It might be so that you have seen the movie, but you've been so caught up by your own emotions that you are now unable to kind of think over the movie again and realize that, no, what the film really was doing, it was criticizing all this shit. Yeah, there is one uh, a little bit, maybe perhaps the strongest argument against the film is that this film is fighting sexualized kids with showing sexualized kids. Well, even the the story is really good and thought provoking, but it's riddled with these highly sexualized visuals. That is true. Like, f first of all, it's like it's actually quite exhausting, Henrik, to 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 say that this film is sexualized. Like, what is sexualized or sexual about eleven-year-olds? Uh, certainly, you know that, that's a good point. Right, because like fucking nothing. Right, so. Some people have also criticized the argument that this is not in any way the same thing if you would have a four-year-old twerking and eleven-year-old twerking. Why? Why? Why is it different? Once again, these are both kids, and yes, yeah, sure, their bodies are more developed. But what? What? What is the kind of implication here? Like, are you getting your hard-on from eleven-year-olds? Is that the case? And you feel bad about it, and you want to cancel it because of that? Because certainly 11-year-olds can dress up as slutty as they can, yeah? The camera is showing them from different angles, especially in the last dance. But it's driving the point home, including with the audience reactions, that this is wrong. But guess what? You know, these, these competitions, as we said, these happen in real life. It's reflecting real life. Little girls get influenced by sexualized imagery that also happened to my sisters. That also happens. Kids take picture of their sexual organs. Happens. You can call it sexualized, but maybe what we are looking for here, what I would prefer to use is, well, it's violence. I would call it violent. But we're talking about, of course, a film here, so it's a very controlled environment where you have child psychologists. For example, during the filming of this film, there was a child psychologist present and child social services these things happen and i think everybody th these things should be able to be talked about like grown-up human beings like like you said like whereas again in the scape of feelings here feelings are your feelings you take good care of them and do what you want with them but the feelings should not influence what a filmmaker can or cannot say as a filmmaker at least here we are still on the safe waters but once again the, here comes the kind of cultural 
outlook? Well, how, how, how would I be the guy to say that this is okay? Maybe it's not okay for the people of the US. Then again, I must kind of demand some kind of backbone also from the film-going audiences in, in this regard. Especially in modern times when the call for rationality and the, the call for mental and spiritual strength has become ever more prominent. Today we talk about Fifi is getting hurt, the soy boys. We, we have this whole group of young men who worship rationality and want to pride exactly how rational they are being all the fucking time. Mm. And if if that really is is the so uh, the social circle, the social culture culture that we wanna exist in, I would say in that fucking case, you really have to live up to those standards. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's I, I'm not going to excuse the whole, well, I, I love rationality. I'm being rational all the time. And it's the soy boy pussies who get their fe feelings hurt. And then start to feel nauseated by a French movie. And, and start to feel that this is wrong. And start to get angry about what a filmmaker dares to do on her, on her film. Yeah. Like, if if you if you demand that type of strength then you have to show it yeah one key thing here is that this film is provoking on purpose to encourage censure and we don't even get anything really explicit in my view here and i'm feeling a little bit amused when i go on, online on youtube and for example they have these preview images of the pictures or the posters and they have pixelated them like like Jesus, yeah. this is not child porn, in case you are confused about the definition of child porn. It's not. It's, it, it, is, it is pretty heavy and pretty, pretty crude on its cinematography and its cinematic art style when it comes to the couple of acts of these kids dancing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That that's very sexualized imagery that you are being seen altogether. You said it that it's it, it could even be remarked as violence, and I actually agree with that. Yeah, that out yeah. out of the way, would it be necessary for this film to actually be so blunt to the viewers to really kind of show it? I kind of think that. Yeah, yeah, it, it should. When it comes to the whole argument around depictions of women and what type of role model, model is being given to women by pop culture, by, by movies, by lingering commercials, by what essentially is being criticized here, music video industry and, and music dancing industries. We have had, I, I first came in contact with this debate when I was something like 13 or 14, perhaps 14 or 15, when I first heard the arguments in a such of a, and I was in, in such of a state that I really could understand and pick apart the arguments that I was hearing and kind of understand the conversation that was happening around me. And that's like a hell of a lot of years has passed from from when I was 15. And what, what has changed 
in, in our society. Like we, we started to make almost make statues for for dove beauty products. Because in their marketing they showed female bodies that were big, choppy, and some of the mo models in in advertisement were all there. And mm. that's that's kind of a, the, the biggest step mm. I, I see that we have taken regarding to this this whole conversation. So I somehow I I don't anymore believe that that having the nuanced discussion and patting everybody to the back, it's okay. Let's let's not be too mean in the arguments. Let's let's not really try to ruffle anyone's feathers. It doesn't work. I I think we do need a kind of a stronger weapons to really start finally having the discourse around what type of role models we are be, we are selling to young girls and what is the image that we want to send about women and womanhood in in his interview with Kalle Kinnunen, who you mentioned earlier remarked back to American film Little Miss Sunshine which is a comedy film that takes a critical a look at the US child child beauty pageant industry and I for for one felt that when it comes to once again not necessarily talking as a as a films because that's a whole another discussion to be had the cinematic successes and failings of both movies but when it comes to issuing the point that they wanted to present I would say that Little Miss Sunshine was more toothless than what Cuties is. Yeah, overall the public discussion has gotten more and more pointy where it's just this or that and all the nuances in between have have been eaten up. There's this uh, Gabriel JX dance uh, from the deputy invest he's a deputy investigations editor at the New York Times where he works uh, uh, as like a online child sexual abuse imagery investigator and he said in one interview that in some circles it's, it's actually discouraged to use the wording child porn because that would suggest that these pictures would be generally sexually desirable in nature uh, albeit that is kind of the goal of that material for the, those who are kind of delving into them but uh, but perhaps more to the point, like when this materi material is targeting children, it is above all child sexual abuse. One argument that I've heard is about Gone with the Wind, even. That Gone with the Wind has been removed from Netflix, unlike Cuties. Well, yeah, for fuck's sake. Well, Gone with the Wind glorifies slavery and female rape, whereas Cuties does not, and its intentions are rather admirable what it wants to do again the intentions kind of matter here if if what you see as the sexualized imagery that would have been with the intention of being there only for the sake of the sexualized imagery then yeah this would be a whole different story and i found it peculiar also that when there are adolescent sexual organs on display in european films which every now and then happens you know not a big deal in europe but it's hardly ever criticized in the U.S. Sometimes, sometimes something comes up. And nudity is what happens a lot in the French films. Wouldn't that be more disturbing for the cancel culture than twerking in costumes that 
don't really show you anything. But I suppose not. Once again, this is kind of like targeted attacks without kind of doing your research too. It is, it is. But then again, usually the moral outrages are precisely that. Yeah. Like, they are targeted attacks against either a product of pop culture, like here, one film, or then an aspect of pop culture or a form of pop culture, like violent movies all together or video games. And usually these attacks stem from people who haven't experienced what they are criticizing, they don't understand what they are criticizing, and quite often also, even if there is a research eventually done behind the outrage, even that research can be quite colored by political and personal beliefs, by or, or the side of those who A, are financing the research, and B, those who are conducting the research. This is something that we saw extremely heavily during the video game controversies and, and the overall fight for video games. You had the big talking heads, like Jack Thompson, who clearly did know what the fuck he was talking about. You had, quote-unquote, research being done, which either was the results were reported wrongly, or then you just find faults from the research being being done. And then finally, you also had the mispresentation on the side of media, the news outlets, where there were countless of news stories from a horrible thing acts happening, and then video games somehow reportedly being found linked to the horrible act that had happened. In some cases, it was so fraudulent that video games were reported to be to have been found from, for example, a violent assaulter's home, even though it later came out that that person didn't even have a, have a console or PC or didn't even own any games. So that that's, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I re Most of us do remember th these times, at least from our generation and perhaps the younger one, because we were the ones who had to fight against the outrage back in the day. We were also the ones who had to fight against the outrage against violent films and horror movies and God knows what. And on that remark, it, it is somewhat disheartening now today, look at the cuties outrage and see also members of my own generation going at full swing with the, with the current outrage like nothing was learned from the previous fights that we had to endure. Yeah, this, that's a really good point that you brought up. It's also not only our generation, but our generation here in Finland, which is simply just mimicking the US culture. Finns mimicking what they hear from the US, and even if you go to the Finnish Netflix Instagram page, you can see a lot of lynch mob snowball effect going there. It, it feels forced to me, something like, I'm just using the words that I heard somewhere else. Unfortunately, yeah, and since you named Hugh Annan uh, previously, that's also, unfortunately, something that we are kind of just parroting in Finland. Not to the same extent, 
as for example in US. Yeah. But we also have our own QAnon believers who once again are apparently going on full force here now to once again strike against the pedophilia and destroy the deep state that exists in in US. But that kind of is is I, I would say that kind of is the symptom of our modern days and the whole information era that we are now living through and what we have been living through for ever since internet became free and open for everyone and and became a big thing yeah not i kind of prophesied prophesized that that this is the shit show that we would end up with <laughs> not... fucking, fucking decade a decade ago and now to today i'm here and i just kind of want to kill myself at this point. <laughs> yeah, not to bring any more inflammatory <clears throat> conversation points into this podcast, but sometimes when I heard of these absurd happenings that uh, revolve around the concept of feminism, I mean, somebody going completely ber- berserk with the cloud or the cover of feminism, I'm doing this for feminism, and then I have to kind of snap myself that Hey, Kari, it's it's not happening in Finland. Once again, it's inherited from the US and it's mostly happening in the US, what you're hearing. So that's kind of the wake-up call that you have to have there. But still, a big problem nonetheless. Every time when there are people of some groups who do not know what they're doing, and that gets promoted, such as this epidemic with the cuties. Then there is the Netflix problem, the problem with huge single companies controlling huge amounts of streaming market. Netflix cannot possibly kind of approve of everything that every second of their films contain. It's impossible. So blaming Netflix for every second of content and making them kind of the responsible party for this film and what it might try to bring across or not. I I see why people are doing it, but but putting such a weight on what is essentially a library of films from different generations cultures, perspectives, uh, it's quite maddening. It's quite of a maddening position to be in, you know. Obviously, from a user experience perspective, there should be only maybe one platform for all, all films ever or everything that you... Kind of a, like a library of, of culture, let's say. Not only video, uh, books, for example. And the distributors could buy rights to host their films on that platform. That's what I've been thinking about. And there are some ideas out there, sure. The servers could be kept running with a worldwide, some kind of a model for collecting money for that project. And whoever then has bought the license to host material on the platform, they would be the party fully responsible for the material there, as they are de facto the, the people who are buying the server space. Well, I, 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 I'm trying to say that you don't want to subscribe to VUP Netflix. Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, AT&T, Verizon Mobile, and every other single goddamn platform that you have now for streaming content. Not really. What I'm advocating, of course, is communism. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds awfully like that, you <laughs> red, de- red devil fiend. <laughs> Soon you are going to tell me that you never even subscribed to YouTube Red, which I 
is it is it YouTube something like yeah. YouTube upgrade YouTube professional these days? <laughs> One argument goes like this: the QD's auditions involved twerking. Well, you know. Well, if their characters are going to twerk on the film, why wouldn't the actresses twerk on the audition videos? Dummy. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like, you know, Keanu Reeves had to take lessons on a shooting range for those John Big movies. Yeah. So perhaps ban all guns also. And uh, ban all videos containing twerking by the man in question auditioning for Matrix. But was it necessary to shove the camera in the actor's crotches. Yes. Was it necessary for them to touch themselves in inappropriate ways to convey the message? Yes. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. Yeah. Like, I, I think that when it comes to these talking points, as I said previously, the debate has been going on for goddamn ages, and I haven't really seen any advancements regarding that debate. So, when it comes to taking off the kitty gloves, finally, and maybe maybe even being offensive, and but it, somehow trying to be more brazen in order to finally have the goddamn conversation to go someplace. I'm actually all supportive for it. I do have my own problems with cuties mm -hmm. as a as a film. Mm -hmm. But I when it, when it comes to the message that the film tries to, to convey, that we have to think again the role model that we are giving to the kids and the way how we present women all together in our societies and in pop culture and being being strong in in relaying that message and not being afraid necessarily to ruffle some feathers i'm all for it I, I think yeah. that when it comes to the message that the film wants to have, that is the cutest, strongest point. Yeah. Some YouTube video had kind of like a headline that cuties has taken things too far. I would say that the, the cuties, the cuties discussion has most definitely gone overboard. And if you are a person living in the US, uh, if you are a US citizen, it's also quite morally interesting if you are here now kind of attacking the first film of a black French Senegalese-born director, a woman. Like, check your privilege, baby. Yeah. And I'm, uh... I'm, I'm quite honestly flabbergasted by these extremely negative reviews and how people comment on how it was extremely tough for them to watch, watch the film. But I can't find any positive reviews of the film on YouTube, actually. Like, did we see the same film? Seriously? Like the reaction online, it seems to me to be mostly this American cancel culture and puritanist phenomena. Because f for America, it's somehow the themes of sexuality, if you are willing to even use that word in the connotation of this film. It's extremely complicated. It is, and this is precisely, as you said, this is puritanism and American cancel culture, once again showing its head. And like so many other times with cancel culture when it's been embarked once again i would say that that the movement behind the cancel the canceling here once again has missed the mark by a goddamn mile 
How about this argument? There's a way of conveying the message of the film without showing the thing that you're condemning. Well, perhaps. I can give some leeway here. But then, how effective would this film be? How effective would this film be in conveying its message? This is, once again, a kind of a cultural question where to go. But in the US, gotcha, this is child porn in the US. But it might not be the case everywhere else in the world because it's not child porn on any level. Yeah, this this harkens back to the whole, for example, Little Miss Sunshine, yeah. which was trying to kind of deal with a similar type of topic in Little Miss Sunshine, that being the child beauty pageants. And it also did have a few very short clips that were somewhat provocative, not to this level, in my opinion, however. And I guess when it comes to that remark that you can have the discussion without really showing anything provocative or anything that that trying, trialing, as cuties does, that you, you could try to have it that way. To me, I, I see an example of trying to do that in Little Miss Sunshine. And I do feel very strongly that when it comes to handling that topic that you want to have a discussion about, Little Miss Sunshine ends up doing it in a lesser faction than, than cuties. Yeah, and there's quite many doors to, if we return to feminism, like, uh, the director herself has said that Cuties is a deeply feminist film with an activist message. And my film is a mirror of today's society, a mirror sometimes difficult to look into and accept, but still so true. And I think altogether we have to fix what's gone wrong so we can give the most beautiful space to our girls and boys to grow up safely and become the best version of themselves. Well, uh, of course, I understand where she's coming from. I can see it as a feminist film. That's what it's trying to do. This is, from a feminist perspective, this is a mighty interesting case because, yes, it has the provocative uh, shots, and but yes, it's trying to kind of uh, say at the same time that, yeah, the objectification of women is wrong. To me, this very strongly did read as a feminist film. Right. We haven't even discussed upon uh, or touched on Islam and Western culture in this film. Like when you no, I was trying to, to avoid <laughs> that kind of worms. Like when you start to watch the film, Henrik, it's like a bit fuzzy where this is going. It's is it like an Islam versus the Western culture, or is it young girls versus their parents type of growing up, or? Is it a general dismissal of both Islam, religions in general, and an internet culture? And by the end of the film, I'm not even sure. It's it's not a perfect movie in ways of conveying its message, definitely no. Like, it's, could it be, to say, be said to be kind of like, a, it's like a secular hedonism versus Islamic fundamentalism? Um, to me, this film read like a culture clash between a hell of a lot more traditional, sometimes even to a point of being oppressive, traditional Islam versus, versus the more liberal modern times. And within that argument, 
it was also a young woman, or young girl, uh, trying to kind of rebel against the strict combines of, of Islamic culture and trying to, trying to free herself from uh, this kind of in the invisible cage that she personally felt that Islam was around her. And at times I was actually even, even surprised how scathing critique of Islam or the traditional, more traditional, more conservative Islam I actually found from this film. Because in the end, the film does argue that when it comes to at least strongly traditional, strongly conservative form of Islam, there are some really strong problems in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is... There, there is that one scene where the aunt does the whole speech how she remembers when she was a child and as a kid she was being married to a man and she just can't wait until the main character Amy has the chance to experience the exact same. And that's like, holy fuck, that's like child marriage. Like, no. Fucking no. Like, abort mission immediately. Right, and uh, among this whole mess, nobody's even talking about the, the Islam aspects of the film. I, I couldn't find anything, like, which is, once again, screaming to me that people don't actually watch this film. But the director, funnily enough, said that she wanted to show the film without some typical stereotypes of Islam and Muslims, like... However, she clearly criticizes Muslims and Islam. Like, I think marrying the second woman is not only stereotypical, but it's also a very true aspect of the more fundamentalist Islam, if you could say so. And I would say that the film clearly criticizes said culture, and rightfully so, if it's going to be feminist. If this film is indeed feminist in any way, it, it should show or want to say that having a second wife is an anti-woman or a patriarchic culture. So, good job there. <laughs> it's not often that people want to even touch upon this topic and... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. And I, I, of course, I have to stress it out. I am not being... I'm not anti-Islam. And I'm not anti-Islamic religion. But... But, like the director here also points out, when it comes to the more hardcore traditional aspects of Islam, of Islam that is being preached today. There are some really problematic aspects to it also. Like yeah. much like I am I'm condemning the Western tradition of sexualizing women and sexualizing children, like the film does. I am also kinda extremely critical and condemning the the ideas of child marriage. Or the idea that in in a in marriage the husband just has the almighty right to take a second wife, and the first wife just has to shut up and be fine about it, and they take the husband and the second wife to her home as they have to do in this as they have to do in in the film. At least to my modern Western uh, sensibilities, 
neither one of those things are okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, nothing should be forbidden from criticizing if you see something that is wrong. Nothing should be holy in that sense. But perhaps to discuss something about the actual film, goddammit. Um, <laughs> Finally! <laughs> <laughs> the filming took about three months. And uh, what is the film actually about, Henrik? Well, there's a couple of girls in the school. And there is this girl from a Muslim family who is not particularly feeling at home with the cultures or the, or, or the parts of the religion or the traditions that are pushed on her so she's looking for something else and also recognition for herself somebody that somebody would notice her somebody would give her the attention so she teams up with these dancer girls at her school and gets in touch with this more well this internet culture of things and that completely clashes with her home life yeah she p- ends up finding recognition and at first acceptance from the social media uh, something which here looks a hell of a lot like twitter was marrying facebook <laughs> and that that's essentially where she starts to kind of dive into and as the film shows even becomes addicted like she becomes addicted or to whatever the social media platform means that they are using in this film and she becomes addicted to the to the recognition and being acknowledged in acknowledged in in social media to a point where that addiction leads into self-destructive behavior this film wonderfully juxtaposes the the traditional life at home or these religious gatherings and then cutting to some kind of a twerking material with the friends. Uh, this happens constantly. We also are established that the family is uh, slightly poor, and perhaps also the members of the religious community where they go to pray. There's this uh, sock with a hole, non-glamorous life, uh, money is tight, and there is this second marriage that has to be organized. Uh, this character of Ismail was also interesting, this kid at home, they the kind of a, the brother, little brother of Ami, Ami who is our main character, this girl from the school. She, uh, or Ismail is interested apparently in women's clothes or, well, he is also very young, so maybe he just doesn't care about that. And in the beginning of the film, pretty quickly, we see this girl dancing in the laundry room, who is Angelica from the, from this is like the one of the dancers and Ami takes an interest on that yeah uh, at the beginning of the film the the whole dancing thing is kind of a way for Amy to rebel against against her her home and and the religion and all, all, all that all those restrictions that the religion seems to put on individual and in that sense the the whole dancing thing is is something it, it's kind of forbidden and it's free and it's liberating 
And as the film goes on, it becomes more and more a competition. It becomes more and more a thing how she feels she, she can gain acceptance from somebody else. This being the group of other dancers, the other cuties or of the film. One shot that haunts me in the beginning of the film is the horror movie Mama, where the Mama is just uh, standing there with the back uh, to the, the leading leading girl, Ami, who just comes to the corridor and is confused why she, her mom is just staring at this room that is apparently forbidden. So we get to find out that, yeah, she's really crushed about this second wife. More than likely that that is the connotation here. Yeah, yeah but... I, I have to agree with you. It it is very reminiscent of of horror movies. <laughs> yeah, that that moment, like you really don't know what's going go, going on with the mother on during that moment. Yeah, uh, there is the scenes of uh, morning cereals uh, and Ismail's predilection for cereals. You get eighty eight cereals and well done. And then Ami gets her hair ironed off. Good job. Interesting this this because the when we have the later serial scene then Ami has completely lost interest with the serial counting and somehow she has gotten money from somewhere. Most likely then stolen money because she hadn't even performed yet anywhere. Where is this money coming from? And more interesting even perhaps the fact that the mom is not interested at all or seems to be indifferent for the source of the money when this little toy is brought to Ismail to home, this this flying thing. She just doesn't want to even indulge in this topic. I I took it that she does realize that Amy has stolen the money from her. Mm. As she, if I remember correctly, she does check up on the cupboard where she was hiding the money uh, okay. previously. But she doesn't make a notion of it. There is just this kind of a there is this quiet moment where she just gives this disappointed look at Amy, but she doesn't say anything about it. Yeah, the character, the father, never appears in the film. This has caused some confusion online, where people think that the the guy who is in the apartment and and uh, whose phone gets stolen that this would be the family father. No, the the father is never in the movie. This is the cousin. And there's a co- many scenes where the adult people seem to be rather excited about the sexualized, so to speak, dancing of the girls. There are at least two occasions where, where this happens. You could argue that it happens with the cousin, where the cousin is kind of eyeballing Ami in the corridor. Maybe that's overreading. But then there is the, the laser tag place, and this guy seems to get pretty occupied by that dancing and they get out of there and once again it's one of those scenes where they use the twerking or the dancing in order to have power for themselves uh, over the adults because they see that it works online you have more power you have more likes more attention if you twerk if you have less clothing seems to work here doesn't work with the cousin but goddamn, ami tries the same trick as well there uh, she does, and in in the film, it, it is the adult characters that give their approval to the way how the kids are behaving. This is what happens uh, through 
the characters of the music competition judges that you see twice in the film, both who experience, who witness this very sexualized behavior and these really sexualized dance moves from from the kids, and then give their approval to the children. In in the first scene, it's the judges that uh, let them pass and gives them the position in in the finals and then in the finals when you are sh being shown the reaction from the audience basically those who are just watching the competition the audience itself that they are shown to be horrified by what they are seeing but they cuts to the judges table which once again it's group of four adults and they seem to be excited about all of this. That they are talking about scores and and looking at it like this is great. Yeah, well, but then it uh, shifts in that final performance where it gets overly sort of sexual sexualized, and the parents seem to be willing to go to the judges to say that hey, this is this is not right. Yep, but even in that moment, it, it like you said mentioned, it, it it precisely are the parents that are going to the judges to say to the judges that this is not okay. The judges somehow just can't fucking figure this out for themselves. Yeah, it's quite a violent film for or the 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 well the way that the twerkers behave towards Ami in the beginning of the film, especially throwing a rock at her face and then later being happy about the rock hitting her like give me five we hit you all this kind of a, a very rowdy way of doing things in the supermarket and on, on the streets it's quite shocking that she would be in any way mesmerized by these girls army but she is so desperate i guess for being noticed in some way that it is and especially in that age there is this strong sense and a strong need to be accepted by a group any group within the the social confines of that that you have to go to like in in cuties it's the school it's school and it's the other students her classmates in in that school and basically what Amy Ami is, is looking for, it is being accepted by some group from her classmates or from, uh, from the students of, of, the, of her school. And that kind of a need sometimes, it, it can lead into some pretty bad failings in, in personal judgment. Like it does here where Amy is in the end willing to do almost everything to be accept to be accepted by the people who in the first place threw a, threw a rock at her head yeah the director first research for about 18 months on how kids are affected by this kind of music culture and how they find and react to this type of content and the sad aspect that she found is that the more women are sexualized the more success they will have in terms of online presence, as I said, and the kids copy it without realizing what they're doing while while they're while they're doing it. So that was the the, the beginning phases for this film. 
and all the spices of the film could easily could have left the film at the much more murkier ending where Ami could have even done something violent by the by the end because all of this stuff is circling around the second marriage of the, of the mother which Ami is vehemently against as she's also seen dropping the phone that the mother hands to her when the daddy is on the phone so there's there's this huge protest going on and then uh, at the end it escalates to like Yasmin getting pushed to the river or or the waters yeah which almost yeah. kills her almost kills her i was expecting that to go even rowdier but it maybe it could have been so but she noticed that she almost killed killed her so yeah turns out that Yasmin is not really that great swimmer and she almost drowns in this moment luckily being able to escape by enough to eventually reach some kind of a boyo and she seek refuge from there yeah in a way to steal Yasmin's place in the final dance and but then Amin starts crying in the middle of the performance, of course. Realizing that she's been exploited and she's been contrite. And then finds kind of a middle ground happiness. And in the final scene dresses kind of a more regularly. Where there is this uh, slow-mo skipping rope. This insane jumps. There are a couple of these... Kind of dreamy scenes where where you see, for example, the the, the for example, this this uh, that the garment that she's supposed to be having for the wedding. There is this kind of supernatural moment where the dress starts bleeding blood, and the second one is when she's having these supernatural jumps at the end with the with the skipping rope, which kind of jump to your face because those are well, there's even more of them. For example, the when she's with these religious people, there's some kind of a ceremony going on where they're throwing water at her because she has been impure or whatnot. And at the same time, same time she's twerking. Nobody's stopping it. So it's more of a, like, a, like a depiction of culture clashes than being an actual event that happened. There's quite good, good music here also from Ablaye Chisoko, for example. Ablaye Chisoko with Volker Goethe's track being... I'm butchering the name, but Amenki Gionti. And if one <laughs> YouTube commenter is to be believed, this can be translated to She is not your slave and addresses uh, societal issues facing the Senegalese people, where thousands of young women are sent to uh, by their impoverished families into remote areas to serve as maids for affluent urban families and essentially being treated as slaves in some occasions. Bangkok Post said, Putting things in perspective, I feel that we reside in a world where women and children are subject to do all sorts of cruelty, rape, slavery, prostitution, making it all the more obvious that in no context is it permissible to watch the hypersexualization of children. Whereas Los Angeles Times said, Cuties deserves a more thoughtful, intelligent audience than its own distributor seems to expect. <laughs> <laughs> that that's pretty spot on <laughs> yeah vulture.com said that they say there's no such thing as bad publicity they lie 
aboutboulder.com said that watch how the shape and color of the dress slightly changes depending on Ami's mood. It's filmmaking that's smart and subtle. What was your favorite performance, Henrik? I must give it to Fatia Yusuf, who plays the young Ami here. No doubt. Like, oh my God, what a what a entry into the world of cinema. Yeah, a lot of these, a lot of these actors, and if I'm correct, at least all the child actors here in Cuties are doing their debut that is, roles in in cinema. That is so true. First timers all around. Yeah, these were selected from the 630 contenders, uh, contestants, and there are a couple of so-called old faces. Yeah, n- none which I myself am am familiar with, but who do already command an IMDb presence. There's the Marian mother, played by Maimuna Gye. That's my best effort. Uh, one of the few actors here having some sort of experience. She's done some TV, some short films. She was also in the previous work of the director Dukure in the short film Mamas. Also played in, played a part in the comedy film The Climb. Lesson Chu. I don't know if you have seen it. No, no. All, all of these films that well, the more known actors of Cuties have in their background. They are all movies that I myself haven't seen. Yeah. Favorite line? Ah, well, seeing how we have been talking about feminism and taking things out of context here today. Well, let me take something out of context and be ex- extremely hostile towards wo- women. My favorite quote would be, we must remain modest. We must obey our husbands, as you very well should. Well, some kind of a glitch in the matrix, because my quote is exactly in the same vein, taking it out of context. Quote, I know what you're going through with your husband is very difficult, but God has never imposed on women more than they could bear. End quote. I'll leave it at that. Well, we kind of have to stay true to the whole outrage around cuties. So, (laughs) you know, taking out of context. There you go. What drew you out of cuties? Uh, Well, I I must say that the the sexual imagery around around women, it's all girls. It is hard to watch at times. It's it's really hard. Like, yeah. Uh, ma- ma- material that a pedophile could get excited about. It's bit icky. So that that was something. Uh, I would say that that was like to name one thing that perhaps dropped me out the strongest. Yeah, we we've been heavy criticizing the way that the U.S. had has dealt with this this film, but. Of course, like touching on a delicate and important subject matter, but this film still kind of fails to maybe deliver a bunchy enough conclusion. It's doing a lot here. There's a lot you could do with this subject, but but uh, the film kind of rather becomes an easy target for the cancel culture and conspiracy theorist lynch mob. So perhaps it could have been a film done a little bit more modestly it could have been possible. I I don't still 
even even with all everything being said, I don't support a modest retake on this film. I do think that the film was in the right to be as uncomfortable as it at times is. Yeah, that that worked as as the message. What drew you in? Uh, once again, to name one thing, this movie does have one hell of a strong opening. That image of Ami on the stage, tears coming out of her eyes. You, at this point, still not knowing what the context is and what the hell is happening. That really is, is like, you know, there are ways to open your movie. And that most definitely was a way to open your movie. Well, now that you mentioned that one, I also quite enjoyed the scene where she is forced to cut the onions. And uh, you could say that it's not quite clear why she is crying, because that that moment could have been also something that <laughs> would have been unrelated to onions. Who knows? Well, yeah, most likely the onions. But it was conveniently placed there. For me, what drew me in was the interesting subject matter, and maybe we need more movies discussing about this topic in different ways. There's a hell of a lot of things that you could do with this. We definitely need more movies tackling this topic. Yeah. And female presentation altogether. Like like mentioned already a couple of times, the, the conversation has been going on for goddamn decades already. Yeah. Like we we need more stronger arguments in this discussion so that Someday we will finally reach some kind of a goddamn conclusion. Three adjectives to describe cuties. Uh, from my end, harsh, thought-provoking, and uncomfortable. Mm, bald, current, important. Henrik, for the enjoyment of all the pedophiles in the world, would you recommend cuties? I most definitely would. Like, th- this is... Prime A trailbed material right here. Like after after watching cuties, the seat taking most definitely intensifies. But in all seriousness, um, I would I would recommend cuties. It's not my strongest recommendation though. I do think that the film does have its fair share of cinematic failings. A lot of these most likely I would just counting for for the fact that this is a debut film. Mm. So, of course, there are some harshness around the edges, but Cuties is no different in that regard. There are are moments where I really felt that the the cinematic work didn't really work. Uh, It also has narrative failings, in my opinion, especially towards the end. to me, the film seemed to all of a sudden switch gears and just go full head, full steam, quickly to the ending, where mm. a hell of a lot of things just start to happen in a way where you can't even see the why the Amy is is doing the things he she does. Like for example, that moment when she tries to prostitute herself. To get the cell phone and then then uses the cell phone to take a picture of her her private parts. I during those moments you can understand why she's doing that, but I did feel that narrative wise the film didn't lay 
enough groundwork to explain it away from that character's perspective. To tell you why Amy is now doing things like that, why is she now being so brazen as she is being? And but even even with all the negatives out of the way, I do think that where it comes down to is is with the message of the film. And I do strongly believe that in Cuties, the overall message shines through extremely strongly. And maybe someday we will have an advancement on the whole female presentation and the role models that we offer to young girls. And Cuties won't be the film that changes it all. It it won't be. It, it's not a film that will you know spark the revolution, but it might be a movie that will in a in a small way pave the road for those days to come. So yeah, for for the message's sake, and and for the sake of per perhaps. To have the ability to take a future part in the discourse and to give get to get a, a fresh perspective on some of the problems that female presentation faces today and has faced for for ages in pop culture, I do recommend checking out Cuties. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> Like you, I would say that this is not my strongest recommendation in this podcast at all, but I stated that the, the discussion points that the film tackles with are really engaging. There are a couple of plot nuances or character arcs that could have been driven to some kind of a more complete ending, whereas I feel it just takes kind of shortcuts in the end and just kind of a cheaply goes into the, the final scene without discussing these topics. And like you, I don't understand all the character motivations of Ami. Why, why would she take pictures of her private parts at that moment? And to what end? Why to, why to take such of a drastic measures at that point? And so, important topic, very hard to discuss, sometimes hard to watch, but definitely worth watching. So that would be kind of a recommendation yes it's it's okay you really know you're watching cuties when wait have you been watching cuties but dude why, why don't you have a seat over there <laughs> you really know you're watching cuties when it's a slightly above average coming coming of age story that that won't leave any indelible effect on you but check it out anyway i guess that's most of the controversies for today i i'm positive that we can't at least for this week we can't just we, we just can't handle any more controversies <laughs> I, i'm just waiting for, for the goddamn youtube comment section our facebook page finally being burned to ash well don't worry, this is already a forgotten phenomena when we release this episode. World has moved on, Commander. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, if that, that's, a, that's a curse or a blessing. Like. <laughs> Alright, well, uh, what do you want to dabble with next? 
Would it be LGBT or something more outer space? You know, I'm I'm open for everything. We haven't really given anything for the LGBTQ community for a while, hmm. but we went to other space, you know, just the last week. So I don't know, maybe maybe give something to the communities. Okay, well, why not? Why not? This is a film from Iceland called Han or He. An Icelandic LGBTQ+, however you want to say that, short film written and produced for the teens from the rainbow community who might be struggling with their identity. So uh, that'll be about a, about a 10 to 13 minute watch next week. So uh, I hope everybody will join us. That movie is free of charge available on YouTube. So that's what's happening next. Well... I don't know. Any closing thoughts? Not on my end. Nothing that hasn't already been said. Well then, to paraphrase my great buddy Kalle Kinnunen, you can't stop the way people interpret films, but at least they should watch it before they comment on it. Amen to that, goddammit. <laughs> See you next week. Until then. Ja, katka sen nauhoitukset. Jee. Yeah.